0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Ilm. I'm Aisha Lim, and The Ilm is a podcast that celebrates knowledge. Because the more we know about people, places, issues, we're richer for it. And why is this important? How are we richer for it? Because the more information we have, we're less fearful of what's different from us. Knowledge helps us learn what makes people different and distinct, but also so much like us and the people we love. On the last episode, we spoke about women and love. Today we're talking about the exact opposite, women and hate. There is so much hate in the world, and so much of that hate is directed at women, online and offline. One of the scariest and most common offline forms of this is abusive relationships, whether that's emotional, physical, financial or sexual abuse, being controlled, feeling controlled by someone who claims to love you and they don't always have to use physical force is also abuse. And there's no room for abuse in a loving relationship. The statistics are disturbing regardless of the source you look at, but this kind of abuse, also known as intimate partner violence, is one of the leading crimes that affects women, that often kills them, and determines the future of their children. This also means that it's not just certain neighbourhoods or cities that are unsafe for women, as much as their own home. Sana, whom you might remember from episode 1 about motherhood, Sana talked about being a single mother, has also agreed to share the story of the breakdown of her marriage. She was in an abusive relationship until she decided to leave, and fair warning, she does go into some detail and some of what she says is upsetting. This is episode 5, Women and Hate. I'm Aisha Lim. Welcome to the Elm.
1: So we uh, got married. I was uh, 24. Uh, he is uh, eight years older to me. Uh, That was something that I've always wanted, because even from my childhood, I've always uh, built friendships with people who are a lot more older to me. So even when, and this was an arranged uh, marriage, so even when my parents were, you know, talking about it, and this was the only thing that I insisted on, that, you know, I don't want somebody who's just a year or two older than me, I'd like someone who's a lot older. Uh... I mean, I don't think my reasons made much sense then. No, it must have been stupid because I just thought it, would, it meant a lot more maturity. But obviously age has got nothing to do with that, I now realize. Um, so uh, the main issue or the first among the many issues that I noticed was the age difference. He had, uh, he had issues seeing me as an equal. Uh, he always saw me as a kid. So anytime I had an opinion on something, I was shut down. I was not respected, he didn't think there was a need to respect somebody who's younger to you, definitely of 8 years, it's too huge a gap for him to even consider it. So that's how it started out, he, um, he seemed to have issues, he, he had a pretty big temper problem, which I was fine with because even I was short-tempered at that age. And my dad has a temper, so I have seen that. You know, I've seen that even if somebody has a temper, they need not be a bad guy. So that was that was not a a red flag for me. I thought, you know, it's just temper. It just means the person is emotional. You know, that's all I I read into it. Uh, But the the fights began in the first month itself over over really silly things. He, the guy I knew before we got married, and the guy after were complete opposites uh, the guy before that he was um, extremely proud of my advertising career and where i was working he had no issues picking me up at 2 a.m and uh, my really low salary and uh, the fact that most of the employees are men those were not uh, an issue for him because he too came from the same industry but after uh, after I became the wife, suddenly a lot of things were bothering him. Uh, if uh, I was coming in later, uh, if um, I had to go in on the weekends, or if I, you know, I spoke a little too passionately about work when we are at home, you know, little little things, which I thought was fair. Which I thought, you know, I was like, okay, nobody wants to talk shop at home, you know. Maybe I should, you know, separate two worlds. So we did that, and then the fights just. I don't know, he, he just always wanted to put me down. His younger brother used to live with us. So if, uh, I mean, he, we were great, I mean, he and I were good friends, and uh, I really didn't mind the, the fact that the brother and the us. but if I ever spoke uh, in a certain way to him in front of his brother, he didn't like it. Something as simple as like, hey, could you pass me a glass of water, you know, you know, something, it, it got to him, so he used to snap at me a lot. And uh, there was one time where he just threw a slipper at me. Uh, I mean, he claims it was a mistake and he didn't mean to throw it at me. It was just supposed to be thrown in the direction. But it hit me and I had a huge bruise on my leg. And for me that day, uh, it was barely a few months into the marriage. And that day I was, I left home thinking that this is over. Like, you know, I have a zero tolerance towards this. But um, I go to office and somebody notices, you know, that, you know, I, I don't look too happy and they ask me about it and I tell them and I said, you know, this is what happened. Unfortunately, the people I spoke to about it were all like, all dismissed it as, you know, this is not a big deal. It's just, you know, a couple of things and some people do it. It doesn't mean it's domestic violence and don't read too much into it. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm overreacting. So I let it go and, you know, we made up the next day over time I noticed any time that I was unwell or not in my best shape whether it's a fever or you know I had a slip disc in between so anything where I am not in my in my 100% he was his worst there was a time when I when I my back was hurting and I was lying down in, in a certain position you know propped up by pillows because there was just that one angle I could I could lie down in and I remember he, he just came and he yanked the pillow from me and asked where something was. He just yanked the pillow from behind me and he just yelled and asking for something that he had misplaced. And he just kept blaming me for it because I'm a, a slob and you know I'm a messy person. So I would have lost some belonging of his. And he was just extremely rude and yelling and I was in a world of pain. So I just, you know, packed up my bags and his, his younger brother was witness to all of that. So he dropped me to the railway station and I went home. I got Ayurveda treatment for two months. I was bedridden. And after that, you know, he, I think the time away from each other, made him realize what he did was wrong. So he came, he apologized, he said he would change and that he would start doing yoga to keep his temper in check and all of that. So I thought, okay, and I went back to him and then things were pretty good for a few months.
0: I'm just taking a minute here to draw your attention to this pattern. From what Sana's describing as good times and bad, this is what a cycle of abuse looks like. The details of every relationship are different, but it's never all bad. There are good times too, and it's very difficult to see this pattern, this cycle of abuse when you're in a relationship. That's part of the reason why women and men in abusive relationships find it so hard to recognize the danger signs. It's so confusing. How much bad makes it more than the good? How much bad makes it time to leave? Which is why asking the survivor of an abusive relationship why they didn't leave sooner or why they haven't left yet is the least helpful thing to say ever. And remember, when an abuser feels like a person is leaving the relationship is when they're likely to become most violent because they feel like they're losing control. So if being in an abusive relationship is bad, trying to leave one is harder. In many cases, an abuser threatens to harm a person's family and friends, making them think that if they stay, they're keeping the people they love safe. So the fact that the person left at all, whenever they choose to, if they choose to, is a huge achievement in itself. And they need to know that they're loved and supported at every step and their choice is respected during what is often an incredibly sad and lonely time in their life. I get that it can be heartbreaking to see a loved one in a dangerous situation but an abusive relationship strips a person of confidence, happiness, of their sense of reality. If things get really bad, offer what you can to help the person get some distance, whether that's inviting them to stay with you for a few days or recommending them to an organization that handles this issue, which will hopefully help them think clearly and realize that they need to protect themselves. And most importantly, that this is their decision.
1: It's already been two years into the marriage, and uh, I, I really wanted a baby. And at that time, things were so good between us, and I thought, okay, you know, we have finally found our sink and things are great. And we talked about having a baby, and uh, we conceived like right away. And uh, the the pregnancy time was probably the best time in that marriage because i was extremely happy those nine months i was on i was in a bubble like all the hormones worked in, in great uh, worked in my favor and i had i was in a, in a really good mood i was on a high that nothing could break me down so maybe he was i don't know reflecting off that energy or maybe nothing he said you know got to me because i refuse to be stressed during this time you know when i'm have, carrying a child so that part was great the the delivery and the first few months we had a good uh good marriage for that one year but after that things got stressful again if he if he came home and saw a soil diaper he would snap he would yell he would and i you know how tiring it is to, to be a mom, new mom and you're already pretty drained and and stretched and on top of that, he's doing all of these things. And it just got worse with every month. And I was also, I was working from home then. I was doing freelance writing. Uh, so uh, he, he did not like the fact that I was bringing in money uh, and taking care of the child and taking care of the house. And he, he tried to make things worse. He, he, one fine day, he decided to get rid of the, the cleaning help. He said, we don't need cleaning help, we don't need a nanny, we don't need anybody. So, you know, he just got rid of everybody without asking me to make it all the more difficult. But, I mean, I managed, uh, you know, my child was not really a a fussy kid. He was fine on his own and he would stay and I had enough time on my hands to, you know, do all the other household chores and manage my freelance. The problem uh, got worse when I was offered a job... uh, which was part-time, which uh, which paid uh, a lot more than what he was earning. So when I got that job offer and I was over the moon about it and they, the, the company was totally fine with me working only for two hours and, you know, from home and, you know, all the flexibilities they could offer. So when I came home and told him about it, he, his first words were, like, what kind of fool would, you know, pay you so much, you know, why are they paying you so much? What are you giving them? And he implied a lot of inappropriate things that you know uh, sexual favors and stuff like that 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 that's the only obvious uh, reason why anybody would pay me that much money for a writing job. I just tuned out any negativity from the home every uh, every Saturday and Sunday I would uh, I would just go to my friend's house and uh, just you know to read a book, watch a movie, play cards, or I would just nap. I would just go to my friend's house to just nap. Uh, anything to escape that house. I met with an accident where I had a, a, a fractured elbow and I couldn't drive. So that was when I saw his worst self. The fact that I was dependent on him brought out... The, I don't know, it, it, it was just as though... He was so happy that I was dependent on him and he just had to make my life miserable because I couldn't just walk out of the door. Because uh, we lived in, uh, in an apartment that didn't have great connectivity and uh, I had, had to walk quite a bit to get uh, public transport of any kind. I was close to leaving but uh, one, one fine night he was in a good mood for some reason and he, he begged he actually got down on his knees and you know apologized and that was a big deal for him because in all these years he has never apologized to me uh, sincerely so when i saw that i thought okay maybe fatherhood has changed him and maybe he gets that you know i was serious about leaving and he he actually turned around for exactly 25 days and then after that it just went south again and he used to yell at every tiny thing he finds anything out of place in the house he would he would lose it if i if i cooked the same thing twice in a row he would be like oh what you need this you know how to cook and you know he would just he just pick random reasons because I mean there, there was not a legit reason to yell at me ever One night, uh, I came home late. He was with a child. Uh, I had, I I forget where, I had gone to a friend or something. I come home late and he, um, when I walk in, I see my child. uh, He's on the floor and crying. And uh, he is just sitting on the sofa reading a newspaper. So I walk in and I ask him, I said, why why didn't you pick him up? And he said, I was going to, that's when you rang the bell, so, you know. I was going to. So I said, why don't you write now? And he didn't like that. The fact that I, I questioned him. So I picked up the child, I put him to sleep and I put him to uh, put him in his crib. And I come back to the to the hall and I sat next to him and I asked him, I said, "What what is the issue? Like You, you're, you seem to be ready to start a fight every day. Like, what is it? What is bothering you? And then he just, yeah, he just lost it. He became a whole different animal. I've never seen him this angry. It was as though he was possessed. and he came this close to hitting me. He didn't. He, he's never touched me, uh, in, or assaulted me. But he came that close. You know, he was in my face and raising his hand. And then he told me, he threatened me that he would uh, tie me up and dip my legs in hot oil and and fry me. And I remember hearing that and, I mean, there, there is, you know, when you're in an extremely stressful situation, humor is, is, is a good coping mechanism. So, I, I laughed because what he said was extremely scary and extremely ridiculous. Because when you're angry, you say things like, I will kill you, I will hit you, I will whack you. But you do not say such detailed specifics like, you will, you know, take, tie your legs up and fry it in hot oil. That is something extremely disturbing. So I had a nervous laughter and that just triggered, you know, a, a worse reaction. And he just totally lost it. So I quietly went into the room where my child was and I just locked the door and I just stayed inside. I was I was crying. I was scared. I didn't know what would come out of this. I've never seen him like this and I never wanted to see him like that ever again. So I just, you know, packed. I mean, I decided to move. I decided how I would go about it. I just opened my laptop and I made a list of things I had to do, uh, things to figure, money that needs to be organized. And I just made a plan. And, um, you know, a few weeks after that, I, I left.
0: Another crucial learning from Sana's story is that abusive relationships aren't always physical. Just because someone doesn't have bruises or other visible injuries doesn't mean that a relationship isn't abusive. And abusive relationships can happen to anyone. Rich, beautiful, successful, intelligent, these criteria do not protect a person from abuse. So another really not useful thing to say to anyone who is in or planning to leave an abusive situation is, how did someone like you put up with behavior like that? Or oh, you're so smart or intelligent or successful. Why would someone like you stick around for so long? All not useful. Because, like I said, abusive relationships do not discriminate. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode or if you have any questions. As always, you can follow the ILM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where the handle on all three is get the ILM. That's G E T. T H E I L M. Let's use the hashtag inquire a little more to get a conversation going on social media. And you can also write to me at gettheilm at gmail.com. Please subscribe and write the Ilma review. Thank you for listening.